The following program was pre-recorded and originally broadcast in January of 2016. Good morning and welcome to All Things Jessamine. I'm Doug Fain. On today's program, we're going to talk to a fellow about his family who has been involved in our county for lots of years in politics and other ways. In fact, he's a political figure right now. His name is Tom Buford, our state senator, and his family has served in different capacities in our county for a number of years. We'll talk to Tom in just a moment, but first this. It's true. Many of us spend more time thinking about what's for dinner than preparing for retirement. But if you think your retirement needs deserve more attention, we agree and we would like to help. I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Daniel Van Horn. And I'm Edward Jones Financial Advisor, Charity Reed. Together, we can give your long-term retirement strategy the attention it deserves. Stop by our offices at 109 Springdale Drive on the north side of Nicholsville or 119 Quinn Drive on the south end of Nicholsville for a face-to-face appointment. Edward Jones, Making Sense of Investing, member SIPC. Good morning. Welcome to All Things Jessamine. Glad to have you here on this Saturday morning. And today we're going to talk to a fellow who's not a stranger to anybody in this county. His family has been in this county for more years than than we have been around, of course. But he's going to tell us all about the history of his family and what they have done. Tom Buford, good morning. Good morning, Doug. It's good to see you. Well, it's good to see you and glad that we could catch you because you're a busy man as our state senator and, and just the things that your wife Carol has you do you have no time for anything else i I do a lot of gopher work yes (laughs) (laughs) she has no problem coming up with that either Uh, no no problem at all and as a matter of fact i'm waiting for my first check for uh, those 44 years of service well maybe i'd say you have been paid well in those 44 years (laughs) uh we want to talk about the bufords you know a lot of people know you and they know that you've been involved in state government and and different things but they may not realize especially people who are not from here Mm -hmm. that the bufords have been involved in our county, some government and different things for a long, long, long time. Can you kind of start us when we go yeah. back to the start? Yeah. How did the Bufords even get to Jessamine County? We'll try to go back to the beginning of time, probably in France. Yeah. And we trace ourselves back to one of the kings of France, being an offspring of him. Mm-hmm. Uh, end up in England in some of the revolutions. The family has to get all of the heirs out of the country so someone may survive to come back. Well, the Buforts are then Beauforts, B-E-A-U-F-O-R-T-E mm-hmm. was the name. Yeah. And we could track this back to about 800 years. 800, uh, maybe 900. Uh, They come over from England. The one that comes over is a John Buford, or he spells it Beaufort at that time. Right. It's about 1640 he comes into Virginia. He's what's called an indentured servant. Some some plantation owner in Virginia pays his way over. Mm -hmm. Once he gets here, instead of working off his... uh, his service to that individual. He marries the individual's daughter. So he gets a diary and several hundred acres, and they're off and running in Virginia. From that moment on, to skip a few generations, uh, then I have a third-generation grandfather. His name was William Early Buford. Mm -hmm. And he comes into the Revolutionary War. After that, he gets a thousand-acre grant for his services. They didn't have any money. Right. And it's over in Garrett County. It is where the courthouse is now. Really? He donates the land. There's a plaque on the front wall of the courthouse about him and him donating the land. In return, he donates the land for the courthouse. They set up a form of government Mm -hmm. in the late 1700s. They give him the ability to develop 50 
building lots in that city area then being designated. And the city of Lancaster is off and running. He also has all the property around it. So <clears throat> on his property is this large producing whale source of water. Yeah. And uh, they all have the privilege to draw their water from that location. What's well, a wonder it wasn't called Bufordville instead of Lancaster. I mean, the street behind the courthouse is West Buford Street. And that's why. That's it. That's how it got its name from him. That? The log where the new courthouse is today, they tore down what was called the Buford Tavern. Mm-hmm. Every town had a little place where you could stay the night, you know, like our, where our old Netherland, where right. our old jail is now. Right. They all had a little place where you could stay the night yeah. and get a meal and maybe sleep uh, little rooms. There was a Buford Tavern there. They mm-hmm. just tore it down, and several of the logs uh, that mm-hmm. were surrounding it were still there. So a couple of guys in Garrett County have two logs to save for me. And the cemetery over there was donated by the Bufords yeah. for a cemetery. They had to have a cemetery if they were going to have, have a town. Right. And many of the family members are buried in the center. Now, with that said, uh, my great-great-grandfather is Thomas Jefferson Buford. Back then, during the... Oh, that period of time in the early 1800s, it was very popular to name your children after presidents. Right. I have a James Madison Buford relative, all of Napoleon Bonaparte Buford, <laughs> who was a general in the Civil War, have all of these unusual names. So Thomas Jefferson Buford becomes an, uh, an attorney, and he represents, at one period of time, the Rockcastle County area, Laurel County area, all down in mm-hmm. that particular, which were kind of larger county, and then they started to divide up. He was a state senator down in there. My great, great, great grandfather, that Captain William Early Buford, he was in the first General Assembly of Kentucky in the late 1700s when it was established. He was the state representative elected for Garrett County. Okay. Now, moving forward again, uh, closer to our time, my great-grandfather, William Luther Buford, mm-hmm. he comes into Jasmine County. He enlisted in Camp Dick Robinson into the Union services in the Civil War. Uh, after his uh, tour of duty, or his duty with the Civil War, he comes to Jasmine County to locate himself and his family. Well, I was going to ask you how that eventually happened, that you yeah. all got over here. So, was there any particular reason he just liked it? I'm not sure, except he probably realized that it was going to be moving closer to Lexington, right. would be more prosperous, and Jasmine County had a lot to offer at that time. Yeah, It was yeah. kind of the first stagecoach stop coming out of Lexington. It was a thriving little community right. for a while there. Right. Not that it's not today, of right. course. Back then, anything that had a population of 300 was a big deal. <laughs> uh, we'd grown a little. The, uh, so he comes over and decides to run for jailer. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> so he is the first Republican elected in Jasmine County in 1870 as jailer. Mm-hmm. And at that period of time, the jail is just under construction, almost completed. So he's the first jailer in what we now call our old jail. Which was the, the Netherland tavern that you mentioned earlier it was that is correct so they built the new jail there about 1870 completed on the other side of my family are the januaries ephraim january he was a civil war uh, veteran and he a revolutionary war veteran he got a thousand acres Mm -hmm. over there Mm -hmm. and that's on my maternal side of the family so the januaries are really here first they close they probably get here a few months before Buford right, gets into Garrett right, County. Right. Well, then the Bufords and the Youngs marry up. Okay. And uh, the young, my grandmother was a Young, so that's how we inherit the January side of the, the family. Now, he becomes jailer, this William Luther Buford. Mm-hmm. After that, he becomes postmaster 
in Jasmine County. And I have the documents at home signed by Teddy Roosevelt and another one by William McKinley. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they really signed them, authorizing him. to. That was a big deal then, to be a postmaster. Wow. And I guess they could sign them all back then in the 1890s because there probably weren't that many right. post office scattered around. With that said, his son, my great uncle, who is Brown Buford, he becomes the first Republican, well, the second Republican elected in the county, but the first Republican county judge in its uh, 1917. In Jessamine County? Jessamine County. Now, was that just prior to Judge Gwynn? Do you know? I, I'm sure that it was. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. It seems huh? like Gwen was maybe in the 20s sometimes. So that would have Sounds been about prior right. to that. Then so after, his name was Brown Buford. Brown Buford. Okay. And then he decided not to, I don't know if he did one term of county judge or yeah. two, but he decided his his father was retiring out of the uh, postmaster, I guess, in, uh-huh. which the post office was over here close to Hempills at right. that time. Right. So he becomes postmaster. And wow. takes that position. As long as there's a Republican administration, you know, that's how that's kind yeah. of how it was dealt out. Right. Right. Uh, that it went right. to political party uh, favors of that right. sort. So that's how our family kind of gets into uh, Jasmine County. My dad is city attorney. William. That's William Buford. Yeah. Uh, Frank Buford was my grandfather. I ran for in uh, for county judge in 1989 and um, lost to Neil Cassidy. Right. He's a fourth cousin of mine. His, I didn't know that you all were related. Oh, yeah. His mother and my grandfather were first cousins. Wow. Yeah. Through the I've got um, I've got Neil's great 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 grandfather's portrait on my wall in my oh, room going dating way back in time. When we go back the line and I mean we're going back when would when would uh, William Luther have been jailer? William Luther was jailer in eighteen seventy. And 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 prior to that though the one that was the state representative. That would have been my great, great, great grandfather. Okay. That would have been Captain William Early Buford. Now, when would that have been? Uh, that would have been in the east, uh, when the when the state was formed, mm-hmm. about seventeen ninety somewhere yeah, the, there. The first, uh, yeah. the first general assembly meeting, he would have been there. So for two hundred plus years, we have had a Buford involved somewhere. in some political appointed service type of job in this county i think for quite a while there may have been a little bit of a span there when i wasn't in office yeah but uh, yeah but, but you know in the grand scheme of things that percentage yeah. is so low that yeah. I, I would dare say there has never been another family in our community that's ever had that kind of a span of service yeah probably not from that period of time but of course being a republican we always kept our heads low <laughs> and uh, tried to do our jobs the best we could perform those duties to our best abilities you might say you know, there was a time when it was um, it was you had to be very cautious if you were a Republican mm-hmm. in this community. Of course, mm-hmm. now the tide has, right. has turned. But things have changed so in so many ways. You know, if you look back at uh, William Luther, uh, who was our jailer and what he started in down mm-hmm. here and then the type of facility. And I'm sure there probably wasn't but a couple of cells back then. If, if that many, I don't, I don't know, know what there maybe was. in one. I don't know. Yeah. And you look at where we are today and you look mm-hmm. at the Postal Service where it was over here, like you said, yes. around the Hemp Hills area. And now what it is today, the Bufords have seen a big, big lot of changes in those in the, and been a part of those changes. Yes, there was quite a bit. The William Luther Buford, who was the jailer, he also did some dabbled in some control. Construction. Mm-hmm. I understand he built what was the old library. Now it's the Central Bank property. Right, right. Uh, built a house, uh, if you knew where Mr. Hager lived, behind the funeral home. The house next to it. Yes. My great aunt lived there. He built that. Still on the house that my dad was born in there on West Maple Street. Right. 
Well, you talked about uh, Frank, and, and I'm pulling this out of some family history mm-hmm. that we have afforded to us here. He's talking about Frank. I understand that he also worked in the um, the governor's he did office when, back then. This is very unusual. This is some good history that probably people get a f- fun from, some yeah. fun facts that are useless, but on the other <laughs> hand, interesting to those that laugh about things like this. Right. He campaigns very hard for Governor Morrill. Mm-hmm. He's just determined that there's going to be a governor of a Republican nature here in the 1920s, and the stage was set. Mm-hmm. It was very similar to like the um, Fletcher administration coming in. It was time for a change, I guess mm-hmm. some folks thought. Mm-hmm. With that said, he campaigns to the point where he gets caught standing next to the ballot box telling people how to vote. The Democrat Party in Jasmine County filed a a suit against him, but I guess what they forgot was um, his brother was the county judge who over so it dismissed the case just as soon as it started mm-hmm. and he was uh, off and running that was the end of that but he did he would catch the train at the train depot that is now a lumber restocking area mm-hmm. behind the old southern states there mm-hmm. there was a beautiful train depot i'm sure you remember it the nicholsville train depot yeah, yeah. and you'll see pictures of it around right. town here scattered uh, and he would catch the train there and go to Frankfurt. Yeah. And then he would come back, and that was his train. But, yes, he worked there, and he also worked for Mr. Denman later in his life, had a um, clothing right. store here. Right. In and, fact, the Denman's, is that located, like, right beneath maybe where we are right now? Yeah, where the I think where the Duncan uh, yeah. haberdashery was. Yeah, I think and, that's right. And now the Adam is there, I believe, with his uh, yeah, law right practice. Now, yes, yes, yes. I think that's it. Uh-huh. Well, now, Frank also was involved in some other things. Uh, delivery service? Yes, had a, he did. Yeah. He had a delivery service. He also started up, he ordered a couple of Ford automobiles. Yeah. And he had them forever. Nobody wanted to buy cars then, the old Model Ts. Uh, he finally sold them, and and I remember he, uh, my aunts would tell me that he always complained about having those two cars down there because nobody wanted them. He <laughs> had to keep cleaning them off, the dust of a livery stable. And that when he finally got rid of the last one, he said, I'll never do that again. This stuff will never work. This stuff will never take It'll off. It'll never go. Uh-huh. I wonder if Fred Sears was one of the ones that bought one because I've always been told he was one of the first to own a Model T. So it could have been. Now, my grandfather, Frank Buf- Frank Buford, which they all called Pig, and I'll tell you the story about that. But uh, Frank Buford, he had one time on Maple Street, he moves into this house. Anyway, he he thinks he's a farmer. He's not very good at it. But (laughs) on that little bit of land, less than an acre, he builds this little barn behind the house. He keeps a mule out there, which I remember seeing as a Mm -hmm. small Mm -hmm. child. We loved to go down there and see it. And he had some chickens, but then he had some other things animals, a lot of chickens and roosters. Well, mm-hmm. Mr. Um, Knight, wonderful person, he was building that beautiful stone house that uh, Ben Brown Where Ben Brown is now. Mm-hmm. And I think that Mr. Knight tried to convince the city leaders that they shouldn't have animals, shouldn't mm-hmm. have farms in the city, because I'm sure the odor and the noise was probably terrible. Oh, yeah. And I wouldn't be surprised that my grandfather didn't have a cow there. He had six kids <laughs> to milk or something. So... I think my grandfather got a little upset at Mr. Knight, and he put in some hogs. Oh, wow. So he got the nickname Pig. Mr. Horine, if you remember, Mr. Horine would come over in his old Model A Ford, and this is back in the 
60s, mm-hmm. late 50s, early mm-hmm. 60s, mm-hmm. and just park up on the sidewalk and come in, and they would sit. They were both Republicans, mm-hmm. so they were constantly upset about whatever Roosevelt <laughs> or everybody was doing, you know. Some great names you're mentioning here. Uh-huh. Of course, Mr. Knight at the time was president of the First National Bank. Correct. A wonderful person. Yes, which Ben uh-huh. Brown became president. That's in fact, right. uh, a little bit of history of that house you're talking mm-hmm. about is that there has only been two people live in that home, and both That's of them were presidents of the First National Bank. That, that is correct, yeah. and I'm trying to think. Well, there was a gentleman that laid the stone on that house here from Nicholasville. It's passed away. Hayden. Hayden. Yes. J T. Brought J T. Hayden. His he brother was, Mexico was also yeah. in that business. Yeah. He was very young fellow, yeah. and he said we would sit and chisel that stone, and they laid the stone. Yeah. And J T. Hayden laid a lot of the stone that's at Kingland Racetrack. Yeah. Yeah. Good family. So let's do your grandfather. You said they had six children. W. Joseph, Francis, Susan, Louise, Edna, and William Brown II. That was my dad, yeah. And that was your dad. Now, uh-huh. they were all educated in different areas. What did yes. your dad do? He was an attorney where mm-hmm. Bill Arvin's right. office is. Right, he was a city is. attorney. Yeah, city attorney. And, right. But he was, he had his private practice mm-hmm. where Bill Arvin has his office now. Now, along came you. When were you born? Tom? 1949. Um, I have a sister who really probably left uh, Jasmine County to go teach school in Ohio about 1969. Kokemeyer? Yeah, Kokemeyer is how you say her last name. Yes. yes. Yeah. But she's been gone for quite a while. Yes, she lives in Mason, Ohio, yeah. just north of uh, Cincinnati. Yeah. You come along. Let's talk about Tom. Now, Tom's mm-hmm. brought up in, in all this political stuff, and uh, your dad's an attorney in your family history. Tell us, when you got well, out of high school, what you decided to do. Well, I'm in high school, and I can remember my sophomore year when John Kennedy was shot. Right. Right around then, uh, I'm 15, my dad uh, represented the rural electrics and sometimes the rural electrics of Kentucky. Mm-hmm. And occasionally he would go to Washington, D.C., and I was always begging him to go. Mm-hmm. So one day he takes us all, myself, my mother, my sister, and one, and they would go over to the White House. And so he took me with him, and mm-hmm. we go in the, the Oval Office, and I sit on the back wall. Johnson, at that time, is the... He's been made president, right. sworn in. Right. So we're talking to him, not we, my father and Overton Giles. Who are, was the head of Bluegrass yes, RECC, uh-huh. yes. All right, and I think there was another gentleman there, perhaps from the Louisville office yeah. of the Rural Electric. And talking about getting, obviously, Rural Electric then would get money on loan at very, very low, if any, interest rates to mm-hmm. expand electrification throughout the county mm-hmm. areas. Mm-hmm. So I see... Uh, Johnson, he comes over and he shakes my hand, and I mean his hand, it it, it just it just looks like a baseball glove. He's a big, he's about six five. I've never right. been around people kind of yeah. tall. Yeah, he was a large gentleman. Yeah, and uh, then he went over and did his business and patted me on the head. You know, so we're staying at this particular hotel, and my father insists that Sunday we're going to get up and go to the church across the street. I can see it from the hotel window. And I mm-hmm. say, Dad, that's a Baptist church. We go to the Nicholasville Christian Church. Right. He said, Well, tomorrow we're going to the Baptist church. And I thought, Oh gosh, I've never been. You know, <laughs> how, you know, how you're young and you don't right. know that di- you, there's right. not any difference, but you think there is. Right. So uh, we go over there and we get there about fifteen twenty minutes early. Which, uh, you know, as a young child, it's hard to sit through an hour of church. That's right. And if you're a Baptist, you probably have to sit through an hour and a half of church. <laughs> I'm finding out. So. Uh, we get over there earlier. There's probably not another dozen people in the church. And I said, well, why did we have to get here so early? So we sit on about the third row mm-hmm. and place fills up. And then all of a sudden in comes Lyndon Johnson and sits right in front of us with his two daughters and his wife. And, of course, yeah. a few security guys then. Right. Um, 
and then out comes Billy Graham to give the oh wow the sermon, and of course I'm hooked. Of I'm, in, I'm into politics. Um, yeah, and my dad always had me doing things like I was nailing up Barry Goldwater signs and um, and Louis Nunn and sure all all of now he loved John C. Watts, the yeah, local right, our local congressman. He and John C. were close friends. We would go up there, and I would go over to John C. Watts' house and play with his daughter. Mm-hmm. They would leave me there, and then they would go out on the town. And people that are listening that maybe are not from here, Tom, would understand where John Watts' farm was. Yes. It's, it's now, there's a lot of businesses located on his farm yes. now. If you've ever been up North Main and heard about the orchard, there's a yep. reason it's called the orchard. Yes. is because that's what he operated there he on did. that farm. Mm-hmm. And it's where, the starting at about the Nicholasville Car Wash, I guess. Close to there, and, and Wendy's. And going on up to Walmart, yeah. yeah, it was huge. Oh, big farm, big. Went, it went all as I believe it even went way back into there. Mm-hmm. Really, a big farm, but that's where John Watts lived and and was a congressman who was very well thought of. Oh yeah, very uh, well. Yeah, he was he was there for forever and yeah. ever. I remember at one time um, John C. Watts, a big Democrat, mm-hmm. and then. Um, Roger Easley was going to run for Congress, and it was pretty understood. Roger, a Republican, even though that he would carry Jasmine County. Yeah. John, John's. Once you went to Congress, they put in air conditioning, and John C. Watts was right. We'll never go home if they put air conditioning yeah. in these offices up here. <laughs> and Roger probably they made him postmaster. Yeah, so he wouldn't run. So he against, wouldn't run. Uh-huh. I don't want to say that he got that totally because I'm sure. sure he had to take a test sure. and score, oh, yeah. scored the highest. And Roger's a good postman. Oh, very much. Did a good yeah. job. And he also served as a city council. Sure. So you get hooked on politics. Now tell mm-hmm. us about your college. What did you decide to do then? Well, I'm in college. Uh, I graduate from high school 67, go to UK, uh, do four years there, graduate mm-hmm. in 71, take accounting, business administration, enough courses in economics to get a minor. Mm-hmm. And during that time, I come out of there and go to work for a fellow named uh, Garvis Kincaid, Central <laughs> Bank. And, and he also owned Channel 27 and a yes. couple of radio stations. Yes. Probably one of the more astute businessmen that ever walked in Lexington. Uh, I would travel with him some. We'd drive car, I would drive the car, go with him. And they had me in all kinds of things from being a teller to a loan officer to mm-hmm. a branch manager, then downtown in commercial and installment loans, we mm-hmm. called them then. And then after about two years, Donnie Pruitt, a local gentleman who had coached basketball mm-hmm. at the high school here uh, with Bill Case, mm-hmm. Donnie's running their entire computer operation, and we're controlling 16 banks. So Donnie gets me somehow, I think it was Donnie, I get a, a meeting with uh, Mr. Al Florence, and all of a sudden the next morning I'm in um, bank management there were seven of us up there running sixteen banks. Wow! I still was the gopher. I was the, I, you know, you're always the, I was always the rookie. Right. Which was, oh, I loved it though. Right. I got to go out to all the different banks and travel around. I think my expense account was almost as much as my salary, <laughs> and I had a great time. So uh, that was my first experience of of real work. I had worked at the Rural Electric right, right. in the summers to make money to go to college. They had a program out there of young. They would hire three or four fellows to dig hoes, shoot dynamite, uh, right. run wire, trim trees, whatever the older gentleman didn't want to do, yeah. uh, we would go into. So that. that was great. My senior year of college, I also got a job working with the Gulf States paper, uh, J.D. Mulliken Construction out of McMinnville, Tennessee, mm-hmm. built the Gulf States paper. I go in to get a little job carrying concrete blocks or sweeping or 
anything. Mm-hmm. The guy says, well, I'm looking at your resume here. You've done accounting. Yes. He said, can you run this office? And I said, I'll sure give it a try. So I was the office manager that wow. afternoon. Didn't know that. Yeah. So I stayed there for about a year. It was a great yeah. job while yeah. I sure. and I could sure. I worked through the summer and then I could come in later in the afternoons after mm-hmm. classes and uh, run the office. It was not it's it's not running Wall Street. It's just basically <laughs> coordinating people to get things done on the job site. So that's how I learned a little bit about construction right. and end up when I go to the bank, I do a lot of construction loans, so right. I get to know the contractors and all of a sudden I decide to build myself a home in Lone Oak and I've got one in South Point, Lexington. And I can't have two, so they're both for sale. Mm-hmm. Lone Oak sells first, so I start another one in Lone Oak. It sells. Mm-hmm. And then the third house I build is in the paddock and get to move, and I sell the house in Lexington. Right. So I'm back in Nicholasville at that time. We bring you back to Nicholasville, and you mentioned earlier that you had run for county judge yes. in 1989, but lost to Neil Casty. When did you run for senator? Right after that? Right. The, the following year, yeah. in 1989, I made a mistake. I listed myself as William T. Buford on the ballot, mm-hmm. and I can't tell you how many people came to me afterwards and said, we didn't know that was you. Didn't know it was Tom. They said, you should have put Tom. So when I ran yeah. for the state senate, I put Tom Buford. Makes a difference. Yeah, got about 80% of the vote Makes here in difference. Jasmine county and this county was about 73 percent democrat well but you know what tom you know yeah parties are a big thing people talk about parties and people talk about parties but to people like me who are from here and whose Mm -hmm. families have been here for a long time you're a jessamine county boy Oh, yeah. But But you're you're uh one of us. Yes. You're one of us. And I think that is one of the reasons that you carried what you did, even though it was a lot of Democrats, is people knew the Bufords. They knew Tom as a person. It wasn't Tom as a Republican. It was Tom as a person. And I think that's why you stayed there. Not only that, but the good work that you've done in Frankfurt. So you've been up there for quite a while now. 25 years. Yeah. Yes. What's been the highlight of it? I think sometimes passing a uh, piece of legislation uh, where you truly do help someone who's deserving Mm -hmm. my father dies when i'm 16 years old i understand the struggles that a single mother might have right at that moment in time you see that she's probably not accepted in the same social groups you know it's 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 uncomfortable to have i know four couples at someone's house and then a single woman there who's still pretty young right um and i i I don't think that bothered her Mm -hmm. uh but I kind of I kind of saw it. I, we didn't think anything of it, uh, but also the struggles of you know paying the bills, uh, things such as this. So whenever I could do something that would help these individuals with their health care for their children, mm-hmm. um, their needs for autism, because generally, many times with autism it strikes all over. You have mm-hmm. some very wealthy people, but you have a lot of individuals mm-hmm. that just don't have the money. So I was able to get them into insurance programs. Uh, throughout the different process of Kentucky where we have control over those insurance providers that that we cover. Things such as that, those are the highlights. Maybe even going to the hospital to visit a child that just wants you to mail Mm -hmm. him a card. Mm -hmm. You get a letter from him, and Mm -hmm. he's in the hospital, and obviously he's got terminal cancer. So instead of – I'm sitting there one day in my office in Frankfurt, and I think, oh, I'll I'll mail him a card and a picture. And then, of course, I went out to the mailbox. It was still there in the outgoing mail, so I just grabbed it and ran it over the hospital, and that was very touching. Yeah, means a lot. Well, you know, you've done a lot while you've been in Frankfurt. You've done a lot here in Justin County, but there's – and one thing we don't want to not mention, there is a very good reason that you've been able to do all this is because you had a pretty good rock at home. 
Tell us about who you married and how that happened. Uh, Carol? Yeah. Yes, uh, she's from uh, when I met her in Lexington. Her dad was a physician, mm-hmm. doctor, pathologist by trade, but mm-hmm. he's done general practice and others, deceased now. But he was a professor at the University of Kentucky in the medical center. Mm-hmm. And she and I meet up through a friend. It's in the fraternity that I am. Uh, Dr. Robert Woods, Bobby Woods, many of people around here using for their children's mm-hmm. ear, nose, and throats, ear implants, everything. Mm-hmm. Bobby introduces us, and he's saying, I know this girl. You ought to take her out. And, and so I do a time or two, you know, and we go out and everything. And ends up, you know, we end after, I guess, a couple of years, we end up kind of going together to all the right. events in our sen- my senior year. Uh, so uh, all of a sudden, there it is. There's the, there's the gal. Uh, that I'm going to end up very unusual too, because as we research the history, one of her descending grandfathers was a General Rosecrans in the Union, mm-hmm. and of course, my one of my descendants, this General John Buford of the Battle of Gettysburg, he served under Rosecrans. So mm-hmm. I say I'm still under the Rosecrans <laughs> umbrella here. You just can't yeah, get under, can't, out from under can't that. Get, can't get out of that. But so you, that's how I met Carol. She has that store tickled pink. Tickled pink, uh-huh. and, and and YouTube in 44 years. You said 44, and and we. Yeah, we don't want to not do a little bragging. You these two kids you've got. Tell us about that. Well, my son uh, Bo, the, the youngest, he has uh, two children now, mm-hmm. and uh, the little boy's wild as he can be. He's uh, <laughs> he's five, but he's a good kid, great good. great child. He married a Native American Indian lady who was in the Navy really? when he met her. Yeah, and uh, they end up getting married. He served a lot of time in the Navy. Right now, he's back home, has his house. Yeah, works for. Um, you know the the drug testing company yes. that Mason Round yes. has up here, yes. Yes. and uh, doing he he likes that and enjoying that. And your oldest child, uh, Stephanie, Stephanie, of course. Mm-hmm. Stephanie's always busy uh, at something. Yeah. And now she has something called a tangled yarn behind Carol's tickled pink shop, right. and uh, she does a lot of her business by traveling to shows mm-hmm. and conference mm-hmm. things and even having classes or putting her wares out there and then people get hooked up to her right. website and order all she dyes a lot of the yarn herself mm-hmm. used to some farmers would bring in this unfinished wool i don't know if she still does that and she would mm-hmm. um, make it down into yarn stain it and everything Tom, you've uh, you've have a very nice family, and I've always appreciated knowing them and yes, seeing them, and and your mom and and all of them. But I just want to take this time as our program comes to a close here to tell you how much we appreciate the the contributions that the Buford family has made to our county for a long, long, long time, and the ones you continue to make as our state senator and and looking out for us up there in Frankfort. You got a tough year coming up, I know, and we want to, of course, wish you the best. But we well, thank you. We appreciate appreciate all that you do for us here yeah. and uh, there's a lot of things that are done in our county that that you are a part of that people don't even know about but uh, you're there working for us and we we do appreciate that thank you doug i've enjoyed yeah. this it's nice to uh, leave something on record maybe when we're right. not here 100 years from now that's right you always say who will care well maybe someone will pull this out and play it we we'll hope so thank you tom thank you My thanks to Tom Buford for coming in and being our guest here on All Things Jessamine and letting us know all about his family and what they've meant to our county. We do it every Saturday morning at 11. All Things Jessamine, all for you on Jess FM 105.9.